The following is a production of C3 Studios. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Above the Fold with the Ag Communicators Network, a podcast discovering the latest headlines and stories in ag media. I'm Kelsey Litchfield with Colleen Callahan Consultancy and C3 Studios. Today's episode is brought to you by Wiffles Hybrids. Today, I share a conversation with Rachel Peabody, Director of Communications at Illinois Soybean Association. I reached out to Rachel because I knew she would share a different perspective than what we have learned so far in the What I'd Wish I'd Known in My 20s series. One from the perspective of public relations and association communications, but also her outlook as a professional and how she transitioned from one job to the next. Her story is a great testimony about listening to your gut, building a foundational skill set inside and outside of the agriculture industry, and jumping outside your comfort zone. Rachel always knew she wanted to have a career in the agriculture industry. She grew up in a small agriculture-based community and involved in 4-H and FFA. So it's no surprise to anyone that knew Rachel that she would have a career in agriculture and go forward towards a communications career path. What's really funny is when I was in high school and I was starting to, you know, look at college programs and think about what I wanted to do, I told my dad, I said, I want to be an ag communications major. And he's like, do you know anybody in ag communications? Do you know anybody? Like, what kind of jobs do you get with that kind of degree path? He didn't know either. And I was like, I don't really know, but I feel like this is what I would be great at. And, and it was no surprise. I don't think that I, you know, naturally gravitated towards that because as a young child and like, especially as I kind of developed in junior high and high school, I've always loved to speak. I've always loved to talk. I've always loved to present. Um, I always have loved to, you know, build relationships and network and get to know people. And um, I just, I think I just already knew that my personality would go really well with um, kind of a communications career path, even though I didn't really know too much about that or anybody in ag communications to really coach me through. Yes. You know, you'd be great at it. I guess it was more of a gut instinct for me. And, um, I've also always been the type of kid that if I have a gut instinct about something, that's what I'm going to (laughs) do. And it's hard to persuade me differently. And so I think there was a little bit of that. Um, I just had a feeling that I would be great at it. And I set my mind on it and, um, that's where I went. And I'm really lucky that that ended up working out well for me. So walk me through your college years, where you went to school, and then briefly share about your journey up until Illinois Soy. Like, did you work anywhere else? Yeah. Um, So in college, I was, so I'm from Christian County, Illinois. And if anybody's listening to this podcast and is wondering, why have I heard of Christian County, Illinois? It might be because you've been involved in livestock judging in some form or fashion in your, in your life. And so Christian County is known for these great livestock judging programs. I've been doing, I started doing livestock judging competitively in 4-H and then went on to do it in high school. Um, And so that's also kind of a natural evolution of things, right? Um, Illinois has a great uh, junior college program of uh, competitive collegiate um, junior college livestock judging team. So I did that. I went to Lakeland right out of high school um, and I was on their uh, judging team and then got an ag transfer degree. And what's funny is because when you're in a junior college ag program, 
there's not a lot for ag, for ag communications kids, right? It's all for ag transfer to get you to go on to, you know, just the four-year university ag degree and program. And I, even then I remember being very hungry to be like, oh, I can't wait to get to Champaign and really get to dive into some ag communications coursework. And so I think that even too, I had an inkling of knowing like I'm going in the right direction because I was hungry for it. And I knew that I really wanted to get to that part of my coursework. Um, mm -hmm. And so then when I did transfer on into the University of Illinois, which was always kind of a no-brainer for me. I always wanted to go to the U of I. Um, so I got to do my undergrad there in the AgCom program. And those were probably two of the best um, years of my life. I love the AgCom program um, in Champaign. And as I said, you know, it just felt like the natural fit from day one. Um, mm -hmm. Loved all the classes I got to do. I was actually on the journalism track. And so I spent a lot of time over in the College of Journalism. And I think that was really eye-opening for me too, because that was really the first time from a, from a college standpoint that I was taking a lot of classes with kids that didn't have the same background and passions as me, but I learned a lot from them um, too. And so I was really, uh, I always said that, you know, maybe some of the best uh in classroom instruction I ever got at the University of Illinois actually probably happened in the College of Media because I think it gave me a really well-rounded um, education. You know, I wasn't just always living in the College of Agriculture. I was exposed to differing viewpoints and differing backgrounds. And so that just ended up being, you know, just a really great part, I think, of my college career. Um, but yeah, nothing but good things to say about the University of Illinois AgCom program and how it prepared me to go out and start my career you made a great point about, you know, spending time in junior college and transferring to the University of Illinois. How did your time in junior college prepare you for communications? Did you take any communications class in junior college or did anything prepare you to take that next step in senior level college? Yeah, not from a communication standpoint, actually at the junior college level, I was focused more on getting like my gen eds out of the mm. way. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of my like general ag electives, you know, so like soil science, crop science, that type of thing. Um, and I had a great academic advisor at Lakeland that, you know, kind of helped coach me through that. And the reason why I'm glad I focused on those areas, not so much major specific, those first two years is that when I did get to U of I, I basically had two years or four semesters of very agcom and communications heavy workloads, you know, cause I'd, I'd done all the other things. So I, mm -hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't having to, you know, spend a lot of time on some of those, you know, check the box types of courses that you have to do to fulfill your degree. So I felt like I was really lucky to have yeah. four semesters where I was like heavily immersed, um, in the agcom curriculum. Now I will say, you know, coming in as a junior into agcom, you know, I obviously had to take like the very 100 level classes with incoming freshmen and things like that. You have to get caught up a little bit on the agcom curriculum because there's just things that they don't offer um, on the community college side that transfers in over for agcom. And, you know, and, you know, it would be so cool to watch this industry grow, I think, to a point where that is a need at the junior college level is to get, you know, students on that kind of transfer career track mm -hmm. so they can go into some of those four-year um, agcom programs and not have to start at the 100 levels as a junior just to get kind of caught up. Um, mm -hmm. That would be something really cool that I would love to see the industry maybe go to sometime. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, great point. Thank you for sharing that because I know when I was a panelist at Women Changing the Face of Agriculture this past March, we talked about a lot about, you know, going to junior college versus going up to a four year. And we just stressed, you know, look at those colleges, do 
what you do, talking about your gut instinct, listen to your gut and what works best for you, as well as financially, what makes sense for you and do where you want to go now, just because where your friends are going. And we talked to a lot of them, you know, it weigh those decisions. And I think it's a great point that you make, go to a junior college, get those general eds out of the way, then move on to a four year if that's your plan. But everyone has an individual path. And I encourage everyone to look Um, if you're in high school right now, thinking about it, what path you want to take. So great point there. Thank you for sharing. Um, Moving on, talking about, so you took the journalism track. Did you go into journalism? What was life after your postgraduate leading up to your time at Illinois Soybean? I think it's so funny because once you try something, you know, like, can I see myself doing this 40 hours a week as a career? And, um, my journalism skill set, you know, it gave me such a great foundational skill set. But I even knew as a graduating senior, I'm like, I don't think I'm really hungry to go into like a straight journalism type of career track. And I think I knew that right out of college. Um, what did really interest me though was like public relations and a public relations career. And so that's really, you know, what I wanted to dive into um, really quickly after college. So you know, being from Christian County, Illinois, where the headquarters of uh, GSI, the grain bin company. So they took a chance on me as right out of college and let me come on. They created a position for me to help with their technical publications. So their grain bin instruction manuals and think manuals that went out with their products. And anybody who knows my background, I'm not the most tech savvy person (laughs) or most uh, probably uh, learning, diving in on writing instruction, instructional manuals. I mean, right out of the gate, man, like that was, it was an opportunity for me to get my feet wet and to get in with a company and just to start. And I think that's my biggest um, advice to any, you know, graduate or anybody at that point in your career, like just take an opportunity that gets you started, you know, whether or not it's your dream opportunity or you think it's exactly what you want to do. Um, but yeah, so GSI took a chance on me and I got to um, get my feet wet there, uh, but I still really had that hunger for public relations. Um, and I knew that that's really kind of what I wanted to do and cut my teeth on. And so I was on the lookout for jobs and I was really lucky that Osborne and Barr was hiring a lot of young PR associates um, not too long after I graduated. Graduated, and they were staffing up the very first uh, national or nationwide launch of the America's Farmers Grow Communities Program. And I was able to get hired, move down to St. Louis, join their PR team and help launch that program. I remember being in charge of um, territories in Illinois, Wisconsin, Indiana and Pennsylvania, I think. And I had so much fun with that job um, and just doing very uh, boots on the ground type of PR work with farmers, with ag. I remember the way that felt uh, those those years I spent down in Osborne and Barr early in my career. It was like the culmination of everything that I thought I would like to do. And then to be able to discover that, yeah, you were right. (laughs) You love this work. This is perfect for you. And so that really came together for me down at Osborne and Barr. I'm also really thankful that I started my career at an agency because I feel like some of the foundational skill sets that I have today, I learned because I, I cut my teeth at an agency, that very client service type of mentality. Um, I use that every day. Uh, when I think about, you know, I represent Illinois 43,000 soybean farmers. To me, that's a client service type of role. Um, and so that was a really foundational skill set for me. Um, also at an agency, it's such a creative space. You're around all these people who are doing nothing but thinking of great ideas um, for their clients 
all the time. You get to see people who are like, I've got an idea, let's make it happen. And you get to kind of see that, you know, very, that process of how things come together. Um, you also work with very talented people and um, you learn some very foundational skill sets very fast, like press releases and media relations and things like that. Um, and so, yeah, so Osborne and Barr really was where I feel like I got my footing, um, really kind of where I started to root my career. And um, I honestly, looking back, like I can't imagine really starting my career any other way. Um, to me, it was the, the perfect thing for me to fall into. Mm-hmm. Share briefly about, you mentioned you started out GSI, you know, hometown, right where you live, you're familiar with that neck of the woods. Um, talk about how important it is to be willing to move to a city like St. Louis and trying something new and maybe in an area you're not so familiar with and in an area where you don't know a lot of people. Was that a struggle for you or um, did it, did, did you just go out and try it and not really think twice about it? Yeah. In total Rachel fashion, this is how I've done my whole life. I was terrified, but I knew I was going to do it. <laughs> and so even though it was such a big lift and yeah, you know, my whole life, you know, Champaign was the biggest town I'd ever lived in, obviously. And it was just for college, my mom and dad, you know, their daily life happened within about a 25 mile radius of our hometown at any point in time. Right. We're not people who just pick up and move to the city. Um, all of that was so new to me. Um, but I knew I could do it. I've always had a lot of faith in myself and I knew that if anybody was going to figure it out, it could be me. Um, but I do remember that being a totally terrible or a totally terrifying time of my life. And I kind of laugh thinking back to it now, I'm probably definitely more risk averse as I get older. Um, and so like thinking about what I had the confidence to do in my early twenties, just to pack up and say, I think I'm really going to like this and I'm going to take a chance on my career and do this. Um, man, I guess I, it's been a while since I've kind of, that's, that's a great question. It's been a while since I thought about that, but if anything, I'm just really proud that, um, I took that initiative and did it. You know, and I think mm-hmm. it really surprised a lot of people, especially my family. You know, I remember still how it felt when they're like, okay, if, if this is what we're doing, we're doing it. You know, and they were always, they, they had lived, you know, 20 some years with me by that point anyway. And I'm the youngest in the family. And, you know, it probably didn't surprise my mom and dad too terribly much that I had an idea in my head and I was going to go out and do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a really big chance I think I took at that point in my career. Um, and it worked out really well. So from Osborne and Bard, then did you go to Illinois Soybean Association? No, so I took a couple steps in between. Okay. So um, down at Osborne and Bar, uh, I was lucky in the fact that I got engaged while I worked down there. And so my husband is from our hometown in Taylorville, Illinois, um, where we live today. Um, and so I was about two and a half years in, three years in, I knew I had to get back up to central Illinois so mm-hmm. we could you know, plan our life and start that. And so I was really lucky to land um, the communications lead position at Caterpillar. So, you know, Caterpillar's Decatur manufacturing plant. And so I went from a small ag and rural agency kind of um, experience to a global company um, and working at one of their largest manufacturing facilities. Um, For me, Decatur is about 30 minutes from my hometown, 35. So, you know, relatively easy drive and it was an easy way to get back home. And I remember, um, again, being really excited for that career change, but also a little terrified, right? Um, I'd done, I didn't know manufacturing. Manufacturing was completely new to me, knew nothing about it. 
Um, I knew agriculture. And so it was like jumping into a completely new industry. Um, but I remember I had a lot of confidence because um, I got the job based off the communication skill set that I had developed um, that at that point in my career. And good communications is good communications, regardless of if you're in ag or if you're in retail or manufacturing or you know, healthcare, whatever industry, if you've got a good foundational communication skill set, that can get you in the door at any company and any communications job, I feel like. And so mm -hmm. that was kind of the opportunity for me to take a chance again on myself to say, you can do this. You can go into a global company and learn manufacturing and learn communications. And I did. And um, the whole Caterpillar, the whole Caterpillar experience working for a global company like that was just a massive gift. And um, still like one of, the, again, one of the best things to happen to me in my career. I developed a lot of great relationships in that experience. Um, well, and what made that one really unique for me, I learned internal communications at Caterpillar. You know, I wasn't really talking externally anymore on behalf of brands or to farmers. I was, you know, communicate, I was putting out communications for, you know, really the, the 5,000 employees that worked at that Caterpillar, Caterpillar manufacturing plant on any given day. And so it was interesting for me to learn that community, that internal communication skill set um, a little bit more too. And so it really kind of added what I call another foundational communications skill to my resume by taking that Caterpillar position. Um, and just because, you know, right place, right time, you know, I had the opportunity then, um, you know, as my career was evolving, you know, Caterpillar, you know, is a global company. They do like to move people around the globe for new opportunities. Um, and as part of, as, ex as exciting as that was to think about where my Caterpillar career could go next, um, my husband and I are very rooted in central Illinois. We love being hometown people. We love being close to our families. And that's just a decision we made at that point in my career. Do we want to follow Caterpillar all over the globe or do we want to continue to build our life here in central Illinois? And so we chose the latter. Um, and so I, again, took another chance on me and I said, okay, I've been presented with an opportunity to go work, um, to run a communications office in Springfield across the street from the Capitol building. And I'm going to work for a state policy um, consulting firm. And I'm going to do the communications for their Springfield clients. I have never worked in state policy before, um, but I think I'd really like it. And I think I'd really like to work on those issues. And so that was another opportunity where, you know, I was willing to take a chance on myself again, grow my career into something that I hadn't added to my communications resume yet. And so policy communications um, was something I got the experience to do in Springfield, Illinois at that point in time. And I worked for a group called Max Strategies Group. And that was fun for me because I felt like I got to put on my client service hat a little bit more again, like I used to wear at the agency. And I loved being able to service clients. And um, we did a lot of very grassroots PR in that job, state house press conferences, um, pitching news stories and uh, to different media outlets, writing statements, writing press releases, you know, a lot of very foundational PR skills and work that I really love to do. And so that was really fun to get the opportunity to work on the state policy side of things. And so I would say, you know, I was building just at that point in my career, I wanted to stay in central Illinois and I was okay with building kind of this more well-rounded skill set, even if it wasn't necessarily ag centric. And I think that's been an important part of my career. I wasn't afraid to go outside of ag if I felt like it was building the best skill set for me where I needed to be at that point in time. And then, you know, as I say, you know, God has impeccable timing. And when it was the right time, I got the call from Illinois Soybean and they said, we think you'd be the, a great fit for this role that we, this new role that we've got. 
Um, you know, we want somebody who has worked with agencies in the past. Um, we want somebody who, you know, has a real passion for agriculture. Um, and they were willing to let me have kind of a flexible situation so I could work from home a few days a week. So I wasn't in Bloomington five days a week. And I remember again, I was like, I feel like this is like the next natural thing that's kind of landed on my doorstep. And uh, again, it was just a gut feeling that it felt like the next natural fit for me. And um, yeah, that's probably the best decision I've made from a career so mm -hmm. far was, you know, deciding to take a chance on Illinois soy and to get back into agriculture. And I love that journey for me, being able to start an ag and come back to ag, mm -hmm. um, but yet be able to still build this great career that I've had while not having to sacrifice how important it was for me to build kind of my career in central Illinois and to know that my husband and I wanted to be hometown people and to build a family and raise our girls in the same schools that we went to and that type of thing. And so I feel really lucky that all of that stuff came together for me. And it's funny because when we're talking about what are the things, you know, that you would have told your 20 year old self, I probably wasted so many times or so much time in my early twenties worrying about how all that was going to come together. Yeah. Right? Amen. Amen. <laughs> I, I like think back. I'm like, I know I worried so much about how all these different pieces were going to come together and how was I going to build this life that I wanted to build. And so like, now that I'm on the other side of that in my thirties, I'm like, it, it really couldn't have fallen together any more perfectly for me. And it was nothing due to my own hand, right? It was all of these mm -hmm. great opportunities mm -hmm. that kind of landed right at the right time. And, or I had the right people that kind of connected me to all of these different things. Yeah. And so if anything, that's been, you know, one big learning, um, of my twenties is that I think things happen at the right time when they're supposed to, you just have to be able to trust your gut and not be afraid to follow those opportunities, but then also know what are the things that are important that you're unwilling to move on, you know, like, mm -hmm. Definitely. know what, know what's really important to you. Um, and so again, having that, those things that you think you want to root yourself with, but then what are those things that you're willing to like grow with too? I want to pause our conversation with Rachel to recognize our podcast sponsor, Wiffles Hybrids. In a recent interview with Jill Lore, Wiffles Communications Manager, she recognized the value and information ag communicators bring to farmers. But she also recognized the importance of continued learning for AgCom Network members. And that's what we're trying to do through this podcast. So thank you to the entire Wiffles team for their support and allowing us to publish this podcast. Now, before our break, Rachel stressed something very important that I think everyone should hear. It's to trust the process and don't worry about how your career is going to work out. It will work out at the right time. You just have to trust your gut. And also, don't be afraid to follow the next opportunity. But also know what your core values are. I recently read a book called Everything Will Be Okay. And it's written by journalist and former White House press secretary, Dana Perino. It offers similar advice that Rachel and I discussed in this interview. So I highly recommend reading the book. Again, it's called Everything Will Be Okay by Dana Perino. Now let's jump back into our conversation with Rachel Peabody, Director of Communications at Illinois Soybean Association. So it's really fun for me when I think back about like my upbringing and all of that. I came from a family, I was a first generation college student. 
Um, my mom and dad were not like super career oriented people like me. Um, you know, they were very humble, hardworking people. And my dad, you know, as he, and as he watched, but I've always been a very type A personality. And so he always loved to like, kind of see, you know, like go get it, you know, especially like when I was an FFA and he would always be like, you know, if any kid's going to be able to do this, you're going to do it. Right. And I remember like, you know, him like being in my corner, like for state public speaking, or, you know, when I did livestock judging or when I won my national proficiency award, he's like, you know, you're the type, like you set a goal and you're going to go after it. And he was always my biggest cheerleader. Um, and his advice to me always was, you know, you not might, you might not have the most, you know, farm acres and that your parents might not have the most farm acres in that room. You might not have the most expensive show lamb at the county fair. You might not have the most talent, natural talent in that room. But the one thing you can always be is the hardest working. And he, you know, I think that always kind of instilled just that, if anybody's going to go out and get this, I'm going to put my money on myself because I know that I can control that I can be the hardest working, you know, like that's something I feel like I can control. And so like anytime I've made a decision and I've been absolutely terrified really to do it, like, especially I think back now, like that first day walking into Caterpillar, I'm like, I know nothing about manufacturing and I've never done HR and employee communications before, but you know what? I can work really hard to get really good at it figure out what I have to do and I can do that impeccably. And so I think that's kind of always been the, I guess the basis of everything for me is like, yeah, there's a lot of decisions you have to make and you have to be, you're, you're really scared to do it. But I feel like the one thing I always have to fall back on is I know I'm not going to drop the ball because I'm going to work really hard to do what that requires to do whatever mm -hmm. the job requires. I have a hundred percent faith in myself that I'll figure that out. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's always kind of been my fail safe. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Rachel, I want to talk about another opportunity, talk about another segment, another chapter in your career was getting your master's. So you just recently did that. Talk about that experience and why you decided to get your master's. Yeah, I think again, I just felt like it was, I, I, I was at the point in my career. So I would have been about 10, I think I got my master's about 10 years after I got my bachelor's. Actually, it was exactly that. So I graduated with my master's degree 10 years after I got, did my undergrad. And so I think, you know, by that like year eight, I guess it would have been for me, I was kind of hungry for like, okay, I feel like I've kind of, you know, mastered a lot of great techniques. I always have more to learn for sure, but I think I was ready professionally for kind of that. What's the next, um, kind of credential, you know, that I can pursue and what's the next thing that I can learn. And that's another thing about me. I love to learn. I've always loved to be a student. Um, and, um, and I get a lot from that process. And so, yes, yeah, so I kind of had this inkling that it was time to get my master's and, um, the university of Illinois had just started what they called the strategic brand communications master's program. And they kind of called it kind of the MBA for communications people. So it was like a blend of like college of business master's courses plus college of media. Um, and so I was like, perfect. You know, that seems like the perfect blend for me. Um, it was 14 months. It was done all online. Um, and so from a time management perspective, you know, I was able to work full time plus do that. Um, and like this totally virtual setting, it was cohort style, which meant that, you know, I was 
doing it with every class with the same group of people. So you really develop a great relationship with these people that you go through this cohort with in the over 14 months. Um, and um, plus, you know, it was at the University of Illinois. So that was kind of a no brainer for me. So I think I was the second year of that program. I think I was the, the number two class that they graduated through that and um, absolutely loved that degree program. Again, I think what was fun for me on that is uh, I was the only ag person in my cohort or no, I take that back. There was two of us. There was two of us that had an ag background in my cohort, um, but the vast majority had never worked in agriculture. They had no idea what the soybean association was or anything like that. But, you know, it was an opportunity again for me to learn from people that brought so many other things to the table and just build that, you know, foundational communication skill set industry, you know, no, not tied to any particular industry. Um, and so, yeah, I just learned a ton through the SBC program. And um, after I graduated with that, that's when I really was able to grow my ISA career um, because I was ready to, you know, take on some larger brand management roles, take on some larger team leadership roles, project management roles, that type of thing. Um, and so it was, it was the perfect opportunity for me. And personally, I'm really, I'm really glad that I did my master's program about 10 years after I did my undergrad program, because I felt like I appreciated it more having some actual work experience under my belt. And I think I had a little bit more of like real world knowledge to base some decisions on like, oh, okay, I've worked in, you know, my actual career for almost 10 years now, like this is how this gets done. Um, and so uh, for me, it was, it was a really, really good experience. Mm -hmm. Rachel, talk about what's next, maybe what, what are you hoping to do? What's next? Or are you not worrying about it and just taking it as it goes? <laughs> yeah, again, you know, yeah, I feel like I don't, I've never really been a person with a real hard, like, here's what I'm going to achieve in the next mm -hmm. five years, because it probably won't, won't be any close, any, it, anywhere close to what I would put down on paper. Like, for example, I had no idea in 2017, I was going to have twin girls, that kind of thing. Right. So I think some of the best surprises in my life have happened because I do not plan on it. Mm -hmm. um, but all that being said, you know, um, I do feel like, ISA and the Soybean Association has been such a perfect fit for me. Um, I act, I'm so passionate about my work um, with ISA and there's just so much more and so much potential that continues to exist there. Um, so I'm really just looking forward to enjoying this next part of my career where I get to enjoy a little bit of what we've built um, and to work for an organization that I feel so passionate about. And that's really exciting to me. I feel very rooted, I think, right now in my mm -hmm. career in a good way. Um, I feel like I've really hit a hit, I guess you could say my stride in a lot of ways. And um, ISA has just been a great environment um, to do that. And I think that there's just a ton of potential and opportunity that even exists in the soybean industry and at ISA right now. So I'm excited to grow that. And I'm excited to continue to build a great communications team at ISA. Um, and so, yeah, I guess, you know, for me, I'm still very focused on what's happening um, with the future, uh, my, my career-wise, I guess, at the, with the future at Illinois Soy um, and just kind of seeing where it goes. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's so great to hear. Um, going on the other side of the question, you know, we've talked about your journey and, you know, lessons learned through that. So reflecting on the career you've had so far, is there anything you wish you would have done differently? Or you've talked about some advice you'd give your 20 year old self, you know, stepping back and looking at the bigger picture. Is there any advice you would share reflecting on your entire career? 
yeah, I wouldn't do a thing differently. Even the things that were like, man, that was a mistake or, oh, that was a tough lesson to learn. I am a little hard headed at times. I hate to admit it, but I am one of those people that I probably learned my best lessons the hard way a little bit sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm okay to admit that. And so even, you know, some of those stickier spots, you know, you think you hit professionally or even in college or whatever. And you're like, man, I had to learn that lesson the hard way a little bit. It sticks with me more. Um, so yeah, I honestly wouldn't change a thing really looking back at the way my career has kind of unfolded. Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, looking at my notes I've taken from our interview and hearing your story, your motto is kind of just do it, you know, taking a... <laughs> chapter out of Nike's book and just try those opportunities because they will prepare you for the next step. Do, do you think I have that right? You do totally. And I am totally like a head first kind of girl. Um, so I'm just going to dive in and figure it out and don't get me wrong. That can get you in some hot water at times. Um, and so I'm like learning my way to be, as I get older, I think I get a little bit smarter <laughs> about, you know, kind of just that diving in approach sometimes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's finding the right balance, but there's still part of me that loves that. I do kind of think that way a little mm -hmm. bit and I don't, get myself so psyched up or too scared to do something. And it's fun now that I'm a mother and I have two little girls and they each have a lot of my personality traits, but very different ones. And I have a very, you know, headstrong. I have a very, um, like dives right in. We'll think about it later kind of kid. And I love watching that unfold a little bit in her because every day is kind of an adventure with her. And I know that her life will be really fun and she'll do big, scary things before I'm probably even ready for her to do them because she's not afraid to do it. And she'll, and I have like full confidence that she'll figure it out. And yeah, so it's kind of fun that I get to like watch that mini version of myself now. <laughs> um, but yeah, mm -hmm. that's totally how I've always been. Like, I'm just going to yeah. dive in head first and yeah. And then, you know, learn to swim, I guess, once I'm in the water kind of thing. And yeah, sometimes it works out great. And sometimes you learn some hard lessons too. Mm -hmm. um, but either way, it's been an approach that it, 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 it has worked for me. Yeah. I highly recommend anyone out there following Rachel on Instagram. I love your stories and sharing the Peabody adventures. Don't, do you have an official hash, hashtag? Is that correct that you use? Yeah. So I can't remember who coined it. Um, when I, when we found out we were pregnant with twins, someone said, Oh, the pea babies. And we're like, Oh, mm. that's perfect. Cause we're the pea bodies. And so um, my girls have been the pea baby since before birth and yeah, we have a lot of fun together, our little family of four and we chronicle our life on Instagram. I and love it. I'm always amazed that people like actually like say they follow us or like find humor in what we're doing. Cause I do it more for, I'm not a baby book kind of mom. I'm not good at writing down milestones, that kind of thing, but I'm very good at like living in the moment and mm -hmm. just kind of capturing things as it's happening around us. And that's kind of how I kind of capture our memories and what we're doing. And, um, my kids and my husband are all insanely funny. So I feel like there's a lot of humor and playfulness in our life. And that, that makes life a whole lot of fun too. Mm -hmm. 
I love the work Rachel and her team are doing at the Illinois Soybean Association. I highly recommend giving them a follow on social media and checking out their website. And in fact, they just launched a new podcast called the Buy Association Podcast, and it focuses on the Illinois Soy Checkoff Program and how the dollars are being used for trade, infrastructure, agronomy, and it also features Illinois Soybean members. Give it a listen by searching Buy Association Podcast on SoundCloud. A big thank you to Rachel Peabody for being a guest on today's episode. Some of the lessons I learned from this interview were to build a well-rounded set of communication skills across several industries, not just in agriculture. And also don't worry about how your career is going to work out, because it will. Just do the job that you're doing and learn the key skills that will eventually help you in the next step of your career. Thanks again to our podcast sponsor, Wiffles Hybrids. I have one more episode in store to wrap up the What I Wish I'd Known in My 20s series. It will release in two weeks on June 17th. I'm Kelsey Litchfield. Thanks for listening to this episode of Above the Fold with the Ag Communicators Network. Above the Fold with the Ag Communicators Network is edited by C3 Studios, a full-service podcast and audio production agency. For more information about our services and to work with our team, please visit ColleenCallahan.com.